Well, 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 today I'm so excited because we are joined by Alex of Alexandra Stockton Travel. Alex, thank you so much for coming on Pop Apologist today. Yeah, I'm so excited. I'm a huge fan of the podcast and a Patreon subscriber. What's so wild is I don't know. I think I, I don't know how we got connected, but I think maybe you were... Maybe you were following us and sent a DM and then I went into your account and I was like so taken with the gorgeous travel images that I started following you back. And then I connected with you because I wanted to book my honeymoon. Yeah. Um, and then you messaged something like that you had listened to the Patreon and I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't even <laughs> realize you listened to our podcast. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Anyways, we're so flattered. Um, but I'm so excited to have you on because I think that there are so many misconceptions about what travel agents do in 2023, how they can add value to someone's experience going on a vacation, booking a trip. And also, I just think there's so much value in talking to an expert about you know, an investment like a vacation, because they're really going to know so much more than you're going to be able to find out yourself just online reading reviews. So anyway, I think this is going to provide a lot of value for our listeners. So thank you for being here today. Yeah, of course. So before we get into like specific tips, can you talk us through what you think the misconceptions are about why, you know, it's still important to book with a travel agent? Most of the time, people are really confused about like how it how it works, how we make money. They're like really skeptical. They think like, oh, there's tons of information online. Like, why would I use a travel advisor, or travel agent? Why would I pay for any services? And really, like, why do I need that? And mm-hmm. in reality, there's a lot of people, young people, using travel advisors now mm-hmm. um, because I think people are really overwhelmed with all the information. Mm -hmm. But I think people imagine like the old school, like old lady, like sitting (laughs) in like a, like a strip mall with a headset, like booking (laughs) with like a wall of like brochures, (laughs) like ready to book your cruise. And I mean, I'm sure that that, that still exists, but that's definitely like not what I'm doing. It is funny when Lauren told me that she was using a travel agent, that is exactly what came to mind. Yeah. Like, and I (laughs) And I, I just didn't know that people like still like use travel agents. Like I just honestly, I feel like it's a little bit of a lost art. Maybe that's in my own like myopic worldview. But then seeing, you know, you and like all of your amazing tips and all the amazing vacations you've helped Lauren like go on. I'm like, OK, now I need Alex in my life. Yeah, I mean, but I truly think like most people think of that. And I mean, I thought of that, too, honestly, before I learned more about the industry and got into the industry yeah mm-hmm. um, but yeah I'm sure we'll like get into the details but yeah it's definitely not that okay so you're not sitting in a strip mall ready to book people's flights on you know paper with paper um uh <laughs> boarding passes exactly yeah, paper no. receipts so tell us what the function of a travel advisor is and why people should consider using one when they're going to book a trip. Yeah. So I think, first of all, like I said, like people are really overwhelmed with the amount of information. Mm-hmm. And it seems like every hotel says, we're like, we're five star. We're in a great location. Um, 
So it's mm-hmm. really hard to know like what are like true luxury properties. It's also hard when you're reading reviews. And I always say like, you don't know if the person that left this five-star review has only stayed at like Best Westerns their entire life. Mm-hmm. And like, no offense to that. Like, yeah. But you just don't know like what's behind like the person reviewing it. Like they could be absolutely blown away. But mm-hmm. like I said, like they've only stayed in Best Westerns their whole life. Or like there's a great like boutique property and someone's like writing negative reviews because they've only stayed in four seasons their entire life and it was not a great fit. Mm-hmm. And I honestly think a lot of negative reviews and unhappy clients are really because they're in a place that wasn't a right fit for them. Mm-hmm. So that's like my biggest thing is trying to like learn what my clients want and then match the right properties to them. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But it's just so true because I think that so many people are looking for different things. So like when I am traveling, I want to stay at the coolest boutique hotel, like boutique luxury hotel that feels kind of small, that feels absolutely well done and, but done from a different point of view, not a huge four seasons, even if that is gorgeous. I don't right. want to stay in a hotel that has all these huge towers most of the time. I want to stay in a hotel right. that feels bespoke. And so it is about that difference, you know, in terms of people's taste and what they're, what's going to feel really special to them. Whereas some people do, they want to stay in that huge St. Regis and that's the experience they're after, which is also super fun. And so, yeah, I think it can be so valuable to kind of talk through what you're actually looking for and what's available and where you're trying to go. Yeah, for sure. And just like finding the best options within people's budget too. Mm -hmm. And then another like huge reason to book with an advisor, not all advisors, but like my clients receive special perks at most luxury properties because we Mm -hmm. have special partnerships built in. So you're always like paying the price that you would online, but then you're receiving like maybe a hundred dollar resort credit and upgrade when you arrive free daily breakfast for two, those kinds of things. So that's another like huge reason why a lot of people are using travel advisors. Okay. So this is one thing I want to say off the bat. Um, This is not sponsored. Alex, I asked her to come on. She didn't even ask if she could come on. Like that was not even part of it. You know, she's a total professional. And so I just want to say this is not sponsored whatsoever when we book together. So one of the things also is when you're booking trips and, you know, tell, tell me if I have this wrong, but what I think the system is, is you, you don't charge unless it's like some super elaborate long trip that, you know, in Japan or something where there's like a lot of logistics, but when it's kind of people, you know, people's more like 10 days or less vacations, you don't charge up front. Is that correct? Yes. So we charge if you're wanting like us to put together like a full, like European itinerary for you and handle like day-to-day like concierge tasks. But for hotel bookings, we are not charging. Most things we're not charging, honestly, unless you're going on like a pretty grand, like multi-destination trip. Yeah. Because I think that that was, that's what is a huge misconception is people think, well, I'm already going to spend so much on my vacation. I don't need another thing to pay. And 
most of the time you're not going to have to pay. And so what you're going to get is this great level expertise, you know, like when Kagan and I went to St. Bart's for the second half of our honeymoon, you know, you put together this beautiful itinerary of restaurants. Um, and I I said, I don't want to make any choices. You know, I'm Mac, I'm decision fatigued at this point, um, from planning a wedding. And so I just want someone else to (laughs) tell us what restaurants we're going to. We'll, you know, what beach clubs we haven't experienced yet that we should go to. And anyway, you put together an amazing itinerary. And so I think that's another thing people need to know is like, you know, if you're, if it isn't some crazy elaborate European trip or trip to Asia or something that's going to require day-to-day concierge service, that this is something that is literally free for you. And not only that, but you're getting your trip for the same price as the cheapest you can find it online or even less expensive, especially when you factor in all those bonuses, like the breakfast, like potentially an upgrade, like a hotel voucher. Anyway, it's pretty incredible. And that's why I wanted to bring you on because I want people to know this exists and that they can have access to it. Yeah. And I'm a super skeptical person. And so I feel like people are always like, what's the catch? Right. And I'm like, I'm always like, I promise you, like, there's nothing sketchy going on. It's just how (laughs) the industry works. (laughs) But I can like feel that energy from people sometimes. And I'm like, trust me, I, I get it. But I promise this is legitimate. We are not trying to scam you. Totally. It is really, really so cool. And I think just if you're going to spend $5,000, $10,000 more on a vacation, you should get informed by an expert before you put down that investment. So anyway, so I'm super, super, I was super excited that this exists. Also, something that's really cool is the process was when Kate and I booked. And so I don't want to, you know, speak forever. I don't know how it always works, but we booked our own flights, but I sent you our confirmation details. Mm-hmm. And then you had this beautiful app. So you put in all of our flights, all of our hotels. It was all in this really laid out really beautifully in this app. So the nice thing is, is you literally can just go into that every day when you're on a trip or before you go, before you leave and all of your stuff is in one place. So you're not searching your email for confirmations. You know, it's all your itinerary, your restaurant reservations. Everything is in this like one really beautifully laid out app. Yeah, no, that is standard for all of our clients. So everyone gets that, which I agree is a huge bonus. I, for my own trips, like I also have the team add in details for my itinerary too, because it just is so nice to have it all there in -hmm. one place. And you can even access it when you're offline, which is great. Like when you're even at Guana Island or traveling in route to there, and you don't always know like what the Wi-Fi connection is going to be like. You never lose that. So it's it's honestly a great feature. Yeah, it's it's amazing. And it's and I will say that I talked to one other travel agent before I booked and I was just so impressed also with the entire process with you because this other travel agent, you know, she just sent me an email with a huge amount of plain text information. But when I asked you about properties, you sent me like 10 options, total price, like all the info really quickly. And then when we ended up booking, like the proposal came in this really beautiful PDF with all of the details. And anyway, it just felt like a white glove concierge experience that I literally saved money using, like I didn't pay for. So anyway, I just am super, super excited for people to know that they can do this um, when they're booking a trip. Yeah. Thank you so much. That makes me feel so good too. We just started using that 
new program last year. So I'm really excited about it. Yeah, I loved it. I think I'll just say really quick. Um, one of the interesting things that you've like already touched on, Alex, is this idea that like you might see something, a review or, you know, someone's like opinion of a place and not really know what their expectations were. And I feel like when I'm on, you know, TikTok or something, I'm seeing all these gorgeous travel destinations and they look really good. But I also, you know, don't really know the person who posted it. I don't really know what how much they paid, even what their expectations were. Like there's so much. Uh, I guess there's such an information gap between like what you see when you're like getting travel inspo and re- when you're trying to plan a trip and then like the actual like nitty gritty. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why I feel like it must be so valuable to like pick your brain about travel destinations and like, you know, how much things cost and like, is this hotel actually nice or does it just look nice? Like, you know, from this one, you know, 20 second TikTok video I just saw. Right. And one thing I've really noticed is you have to like, watch for what influencers are like being paid Mm -hmm. by properties too so i will like get inquiries sometimes for like random properties i'll like kind of get like a cluster of them i'm like why i'm like why are people asking about this property and turns out like they're sending like a huge like influx of influencers there and so it looks like this place is like super great super popular but in reality they're just being paid to be there and the property is okay, but mm-hmm. there are so many better choices. Right. And so I try to be super honest and open about people because I'm like, I don't want anyone to be shocked when they arrive at a hotel. Yeah. So yeah, I try to keep it super honest, super open. And I'm like, I just don't want you to be disappointed. So here's what that property is actually like. Right. Totally. Right. And we get paid basically by any property. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's been like maybe three properties that didn't work with child advisors like the entire time I've owned my business. So it's not like we have like any allegiance to certain things. Like we're just really trying to find the best fit. Right, right. Um, and another thing is, is you go to so many properties. So and you also are in a network of experts. So if maybe if you haven't been to one, I'm sure that you have colleagues that you can ask about and get all the information on. And that's actually how I found out about travel advisors, you know, that this exists because I was at Capjaluca in Anguilla and I was in the pool and this lady told me she was there and she was a travel advisor and that she was going to be touring like or staying at each of the hotels on Anguilla, the four like major properties there. And so that's another thing is you're talking to someone who's actually been, which is a huge plus, you know, you're not just talking to someone who is gleaning the same information online as you. Mm-hmm. Right. For sure. I try to go to as many properties as possible. And then my agent friends, like we have a pretty like close knit community where we are like brutally honest about the hotels behind the scenes, like but when each of us are visiting. So, I mean, if there was like a dirty room or they didn't leave a note for a client that we wanted them to anything like that, like we're always communicating about those things. And, mm. or if there's like a great new suite or this hotel just like recently refurbish their rooms like we're always sharing that information which is so beneficial for our clients because again like we want to help each other out it's very collaborative which is great okay this is another thing I want to say and, and I'm sure it probably had to do with it being our honeymoon but the hotels really really took care of us in a way that I noticed was different than normal 
Um, so when we got to Guana Island, there was this beautiful bottle of Vouv and a note from you. And then when we got to St. Bart's, there was this like gorgeous dessert, a framed photo of Kagan and I in our room. Um, and this beautiful note, it was just crazy. I really did feel like they paid particular attention to us and it probably had something honeymoon related as well. But anyway, I do think there's, there is something about feeling like, okay, the hotel, like thinks I'm like a VIP. That's really cool. Yeah. No. So before our clients arrive, um, we send them, well, right when they book, we send them an email to say like, Hey, we just booked our clients there. Here's like what they're celebrating. Here are some things they like. And then right before you arrive, we send them another email to like request an upgrade. We basically try to give them as many details as possible about things you like to drink, things you like to do. We sometimes stalk and are able to find photos. Shout out to my team member, Alicia. I remember so vividly we were trying to search for your wedding photos. But like because you're traveling like right after the wedding, like nobody's posted photos. Yeah. And I was like, I had kind of given up. And she texted me and she was like, I found them. I oh my, oh my god. She's like, I found the photographer. Wait, that's Incredible. amazing. I didn't even like post anything because I was trying to keep it under wraps. So that's hilarious that, that she was able to find it. That's amazing. And we were both like, oh my God, she looks so good. Oh, thank we you. We had like the whole text chain. Oh my God. But yeah, so we do like make sure that the hotels know. And because we have relationships with them, like, Part of my job is like when I'm at conferences or traveling to these hotels, like I'm going out with these GMs and the sales teams, like they're my friends mm-hmm. and I try to make them like me as much as possible. So then when my clients are there, they do get extra special treatment. So I'm glad they did as they were instructed. I mean, it is so nice. Like our room at Guana was, I think, one of the really, a really special one um, that had its own private balcony. And one of the things that is so nice is you don't have to be the Karen at the front desk who's like, can we get an upgrade? <laughs> you know, right, I'm part of American right. Express. Do you see I'm part of American Express? Can I get that upgrade? Like someone's <laughs> doing all the dirty work on your behalf and you get right. to just kind of glide in. Yeah, because it does feel uncomfortable to have to do those things. It is funny, like before I was a travel advisor, like on our honeymoon, we stayed at like three different hotels, which is funny. And I also like would even I basically like VIP'd myself before I knew what that was. Okay. Um, but yeah, like even the fact that I did that, I, that's not usually in my personality. But I guess I was like honeymoon. But it does feel like icky to have to do it yourself. So totally. it's nice for someone for someone to do it for you. It's like, it's our anniversary. Can you do something special? Right. It's like, it could kind of be the worst. And so it's so nice. And then also, it's so nice that, you know, they want these travel advisors. They want you to rebook their property. And so if something is amiss, you know, Alexandra Stockton is going to be informed. Um, yeah, and so I, anyway, it's like, it's just kind of perfect because you get treated like a VIP, um, and you don't have to be a Karen to get that treatment. Yeah, no, we try to make sure everyone feels special. And you mentioned Amex too. I just want to point out that our clients do always have first priority for upgrades and stuff over Amex members. Really? So that, yeah. So that's like something that people don't know either. And that I honestly didn't know at first either. So 
No, this is an entire world of travel that is literally accessible to anyone booking a trip. This is not something that's expensive to use. It's literally most of the time free and is a huge value add. So I'm, yeah, I think it's so crazy and so cool that this exists because otherwise a lot of people I think would think like, oh, I already have, you know, Marriott SBG. I'm good. And it's like, no, there's a reason to, to utilize these travel experts even beyond their expertise if for this favoritism yeah for sure um and people like you brought up Marriott like my clients like if we're booking Marriott properties they're still like getting their points for their stays amazing so that's like something people always ask about so I always like to give people a heads up about that I have a question this is maybe out of left field but it's related to what we're talking about do you like believe in points? Like, you know how people like gamify the system, try to figure out how to book with, you know, all the places on points. And I always feel like when you book with points or when, you know, when you're trying to do like a points only vacation and this could be totally wrong. Maybe I've just never had enough points, you know, maybe I'm just not operating on that level, but like, I just never feel like they're like that great of experiences. It's like a, it's like a timeshare type of situation, you know, where it's like, maybe it's not awful, but it's like, it's not as good as it could be if you were like, maybe paying with like, you know, real dollars. Um, what What's your opinion of that? Am I off my rocker? No, it is like such a weird thing. And I think like there's definitely like a certain type of person who's like very into the point system. It's usually like business travelers. Yeah. People, people don't realize like you have to be spending a lot of money on a credit card mm-hmm. for like that system to actually work. Mm-hmm. So unless you're like running a business or you have like a huge like corporate account or something, a lot of times like it just doesn't work as well for everyday people. Um, And then there are certain properties where people like tend to like cash in their points. Yeah. So it does create a bit of a different experience because it's like, like I'm thinking of like the St. Regis and the Maldives. Mm. Great property, but like, okay, everyone is using Marriott points to stay there. Right. Mm. So I'd say like 80 to 90% of the people there are using points and it's just like a different vibe. Do you feel like that's because of the people and maybe that's crazy or do you feel like that's like the resort itself maybe doesn't like because it's like a cashing in on for points like they don't like up the bar. I think it's kind of a mix of both a little yeah. bit. And again yeah. like it's still a super nice property but you definitely like start to kind of notice those things and I I don't even like I can't even like put my finger on something specific and like sure like use your points if that is your thing like absolutely go for it but if that's not your thing like don't feel pressured to do that right it's not like you're missing out on a ton of things and I do really think it's what you said like you have to be spending so much money to have that actually be worth it that like a lot of times it's just a lot of like mental like you know, exhaustion and energy trying to figure out how to do it for nothing, I guess. Yeah. Or people are like going into debt yes. to get points. And I'm like, you would have <laughs> just, you would have saved money actually just paying. For right. It. Oh my gosh. But I mean, I just booked my flight to Africa for October with points. Okay. And I was able to get like round trip on Qatar for in the Q suite. It was like mm. 75,000 points each way. The ticket would have cost me like seven grand. <gasps> like that's to me like way more worth it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But because I mean, I have a hard time 
spending on business class flights, but then I also like cry when I'm flying <laughs> yeah. economy now. <laughs> like literally, I when my husband and I flew economy after my first time flying business class, I could not sleep and I was literally in tears <laughs> and I was like, they've created a monster. <laughs> No, it is. It is honestly so true. Um, and I think that that's like a whole other thing is being able to, and I don't know if, if you also lend that expertise to people in terms of how to maximize their points, but there's always the people that know how to like transfer their chase Sapphire points to their certain reserve card that'll mm-hmm. get them on, you know, zip air that'll get them a 90,000 point round trip flight to Japan first class. Like there's, there's those people that are like experts, but a lot of times the point thing, if you are just a common woman or a common man these days, you do end up kind of, uh, I think not getting the best deal. Yeah. No, I'm always like, go to the points guy or one of the websites like that. Um, I'm certainly not an expert on it. And honestly, I'm usually not booking or planning that far ahead for my own trips to where I can even take advantage of that. I just had to have these Africa flights booked early. So I was like, oh my God, I actually have an opportunity right. to book with points. This is amazing. Mm-hmm. I think it was all yeah. I talked about for like two weeks. My husband was like, okay, okay, I get it. <laughs> you got a great deal. That's a huge deal. So congratulations. Can I talk to you about a product that you love, that Courtney loves, and that I love? Please. Early bird CBD gummies are so phenomenal, everyone. They are the perfect 2.5 milligrams of THC and 12.5 milligrams of CBD. So this concoction, it gives you the warmest, gooeyest feeling. They have the magic formula. I love the watermelon flavor. That's my favorite. I also love using them when I know I need to get a good night's sleep and I can sleep in. You guys, we love Early Bird CBD so much. We reached out to them to see if they'd be interested in sponsoring the show because we were like, these products, these gummies, everyone needs to know about them. We're going to tell them about about them anyway. So maybe we can get paid to do it. And honestly, we just cannot recommend them enough. We have a link in our show notes. You can go to earlybirdcbd.com. Use code POPAPOLOGIST20 for 20% off. Earlybirdcbd.com. POPAPOLOGIST20 for 20% off. Do yourself a favor. Try the gummies. They ship to all 50 states, everybody. You got to try it. Earlybirdcbd.com. Lauren, the wall behind you, it's quite barren. What's going on there? (laughs) You know what? I find getting things framed to be very stressful. And so I've just never done it. I don't basically have anything framed in my home. And it's sad for me. It's very sad, which is why we are so lucky to be sponsored by Framebridge right now. Yes, I am so excited to correct this wrong in my life. What's so great about Framebridge is for other people also intimidated by a gallery wall, if you go on their website, you can just very quickly, easily upload like five photos or whatever it is, and they will send you different dimensioned cube frames, beautiful, sleek, modern, so you can just hang your gallery wall and it's good to go. They make it very easy on a layperson like yourself. Everyone, see why Framebridge has been trusted to frame over 2 million pieces. Visit framebridge.com or a local Framebridge store to get started and custom frame just about anything. That's framebridge.com. Um, okay, so let's get to what, what you are an expert in though, because I think that even like Africa is a great example of something that's actually very hard to book when you go and want to book a safari, assuming you're going to, on a safari, which you might not be. Um, no, I am. Okay. So you're going on a safari. Oh my gosh. 
so fun. You go yeah, to really book those excited. online. They all kind of look the same. They're really right. hard to figure out like which lodge to go to. And you can actually really screw this up. So can you tell us best tips for booking a safari? So plan ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, be realistic about the cost. And if it's like something you're willing to do, it is expensive. That's kind of like the bottom line about it. And the bigger the deal, like the more likely you are going to be in a national park to where like Mm -hmm. you're going to see like a lot of game vehicles where Mm -hmm. it's kind of like can be a traffic jam almost, which is not what people envision. I don't think when they imagine a safari, Um, but we always try to push clients to do like a private reserve trip and just it's all so dependent on the time of year what country Mm -hmm. you're in like what you're wanting to see there Mm -hmm. are just so many moving pieces at all times the safari really that it's just so specific to each person's trip um Mm -hmm. but it is really a trip that it absolutely makes sense to book with a professional because like you said it is easy to screw up it is easy to really screw up. And then you've traveled all that way. It's such a major you know, mission to get to Africa. Usually you have to fly to Europe and then to Africa. Um, and anyway, like one of the things that I didn't realize when I was booking, and luckily I had a friend, I didn't even know travel advisors existed these days. So I had a friend helping me who had done it before. And he was like, cause I was sending him all these beautiful lodges. And he was like, uh, no, if you look, those are all like ringed basically. So they're basically like zoos with a hotel yeah. in the middle. And so right. you're not seeing any animals in the wild. They're just like in this zoo with a hotel, but it doesn't look that way online. So you can end up in that kind of situation, or you can end up um, staying, like you said, in a national park where anyone can go. So it's not like you see these like really cool pictures of people where they're the one uh, Jeep in the Savannah and there's a giraffe there. It's like, no, you're actually like in traffic, all sorts of cars. Um, and so that is something where I found that like, it's so valuable to know exactly what to be looking for. Yeah, no, it's true. Like, I mean, and again, like you can obviously like your trip, I'm sure was great. It can be done, but it definitely, it makes it a lot less of a headache. And I feel like you're probably talking about Giraffe Manor. Is that what you're No, I mean, I was just looking up places in Kruger. Okay. And we ended up staying at Cheatwa Cheatwa, which was a private game reserve, but yeah. it was unfenced to Kruger. And so the you know, the animals can go in and out. So you are seeing animals in the wild. It's not like they're trapped at all. Um, right. But with a private game reserve, only a few lodges have access to the private reserve, the area, you know, that you're in. And so you're not at all like heavily, it's not heavily trafficked at all. You feel like you're the only Jeep out there because you basically are, there's only a few others. Yeah. And so anyway, it's just this, I think it's the best way to do a safari. Yeah, for sure. And all those lodges are so small too on the private reserves. And so Mm -hmm. like usually if there are maybe like four lodges on the reserve, like you're talking like a hundred thousand acres for maybe like 40 people max that are out on safari. So it's Mm. definitely a different experience. And that's how you get so close to the animals. Like a lot of times if you're in the, what I heard, if you're in the national park, you might see a lion that's a hundred feet away. 
and you have to look through binoculars. It's not like, right. oh, you're in a Jeep and a lion is five feet from you. Right. Yeah. And the quality of the lodges too really varies. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, it it's definitely a trip where it makes sense. Like it's a huge investment. And so you just want to make sure you're spending your money smart, really. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about investment because when I was booking ours, there was a huge range. Like there were lodges that were like $300 a night. And then there was Sangita, which was going to be like 20 grand for us to go. Yeah. Um, ours was in the middle. Ours was like seven grand. Um, uh, it was like a thousand bucks a night. Um, what do you think is like the bare minimum you need to spend to have that premium experience that's worth flying all the way to Africa for? It really depends on like what country you're in. Um, for instance, like Botswana is like the absolute most high end safari that you can go on. Okay. And it's not even that it's like the most luxe, but there are so few um, lodges mm. and the access is so restricted that you are paying a premium for that. If you're budgeting for something like that, the prices are usually starting at four to five thousand per person per night. And oh up, my gosh, which wow. which sounds wild. It wow. absolutely sounds wild. And then like South Africa, you can have like a really nice safari right now, like 2023 pricing. We tell people really like to budget like a thousand dollars per person per night as yeah. like a starting point. And then if you're getting into like Singita, which is absolutely phenomenal, yeah, you're going to have starting prices around like 2,500 per person mm-hmm. per night. But that is like the safari part. It's all inclusive. Mm-hmm. Um, so your game drives are included, like your food, alcohol. So it is kind of nice to know like what you're going to be spending ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Um, and your like non-safari portions will be less than that typically. Um, mm-hmm. but there is a really wide, wide range. We, when we went, it was three, we got a deal. that was like three nights for the price of four. Cause we were still kind of in COVID times. Yeah. We yeah, went yeah. Right that was after. honestly the time to go. Yeah. Oh man. I think we got lucky. Um, but I will say, don't be disappointed if you look at Sinkita prices and you're like, I can't swing it because our experience really felt like so magical. And I felt like it was actually such a great deal for what was included. And like Victoria Beckham had stayed there. Like it was a posh resort. So I can for sure. So yeah, there are places you can go. It is totally doable. You don't have to be at that Sinkita level. It's just one thing I want to, you know, give people hope with. Yeah. And yeah, I'm planning for my own 10 year anniversary next year. And I was like, I just don't know if we can swing that, but for people who can absolutely go for it. Totally. But there are other options. Absolutely. I want, I want to hear. So Laura, can I ask a question? Do you care? You're not allowed to speak. Um, yeah, okay, please, sorry, please. sorry, 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 shit, shit. Um, I forgot. Um, okay. Everyone is asking, where do you think is the best bang for your buck? Or if you're on a budget, but you still want to do luxury, you know, is there, is there some type of like mortal paradise, you know, where both of these things can exist? Do you have like, you know, top five places where you can kind of strike that balance? 
post-COVID, this is a little harder. I'll be honest. Um, Columbia is mm. a huge one. I One of you went to Cartagena, right? Lauren? I did for a wedding. And yeah. Um, the hotel that you stayed at, did you like it? <sighs> I mean, we stayed at Hotel San Augustine and it is just so special. So I, I try to get a lot of people to go there and then pair it with one of like the beach hotels that are about 45 minutes away. Okay. Um, there's one Las Elas that's a little more rustic. Okay. Um, and then the Sofitel opened up within like the last year and a half and it has um, a pretty modern vibe, but they're both like really nice options mm-hmm. that you can stay for less than $500 a night. Yeah. And wow. the, the hotel in um, Cartagena is sometimes a little bit more than that, but there just are not that many places these days that you can get a luxury experience Yeah, for like less than $600 a night. So mm-hmm. I think there's a ton of culture there. There's some great beaches. Food's great. And it's fairly easy to get to. Mm-hmm. So I, but I don't think people think about it or I think they think of like the drug cartel days which are past them and it's a pretty safe country. And so I do think that is a really good option for people. Okay, um, I love that. Yeah. That's a great tip. And then traveling in the off season or a shoulder season for a lot of destinations is another like good mm, way to get a better yes. deal. Do you have um, any places in th- that time of year off the top of your head, like your go-tos? What time of year? Like, is there any, are there any places where like go to, you know, Hawaii in, you know, February or like any places where you're like, okay, these are the, these are the sweet spots for that. Yes. So Caribbean locations are great. Like April, May, June, Mm -hmm. you're, it's off like peak season, which usually kind of goes away like mid April. And then hurricane season doesn't really get in full swing until like august september october Mm -hmm. okay so november and also like the first two weeks of december are another great time for the caribbean destination so it's like april may june november and then the first two weeks of december are really the best time to get deals there um Mm -hmm. and that is the same really for like even like miami like well, Bermuda is a little different. I was about to say Bermuda. Bermuda is different because the weather is going to be cooler. It's like more like East Coast weather. Mm-hmm. Um, there are so many different places in the Caribbean and Florida that you can go yeah. to that are fabulous. And I mean, the prices are drastically different. Yeah. You know, I think it's because a lot of people who are most of the people going to the Caribbean, like West Coasters go to Hawaii, Mexico. East coasters go to the Caribbean and they want to escape the cold, which is why it's like really popular during winter. And then during the summer, East coasters go to Europe. And so that's, I think why the demand is so low for the Caribbean in the summer. There isn't a winter to escape from for, you know, a lot of the Northern hemisphere. And I'm like counting down the days because it is truly like the experiences you can have are so fabulous and it is half the cost of peak season. Yeah. And I personally, I do not like to be somewhere that's super crowded. Right. So I like prefer 
to be places like off season most of the time. Like obviously if you're wanting to go to like a warm weather European destination, like there is like a legitimate window like when they're open. So like some of those places like don't have that option. But even if you're wanting to go to like a European city or a non-beach destination in Europe, like the shoulder seasons are great. Like again, kind of like November, March, the beginning Mm. of April is great. Even like November, like when the Christmas markets have opened, like the beginning of December, there's some lovely, lovely places you can visit and have a really special experience. Mm -hmm. And you're going to pay a lot less. That's great. A good rule of thumb, too, to keep in mind is think about even if you don't have kids, like think about school Mm -hmm. holidays. Mm. So March is spring break. The prices are always up Mm. over Christmas. Everyone is traveling between Christmas and New Year's. It's the most expensive week of the year to travel. Um, Even fall break, those kind of things, like, it helps you kind of think about, like, what high season is going to be for a lot of places, like, over summer when everyone's off. Um, So that's just, like, an easy way to think about it, too. Another quick plug for Caribbean off-season, and then I'll stop talking about it, but it's not like Amalfi Coast has a certain window where really it's going to be hot. Um, and so you want to go, if you do want it, that warm weather, that really warm weather, you really kind of have to go during peak season. Whereas Caribbean, it's not like the weather sucks during the off season. It is literally right. the same as during the peak season. It's just the hotel isn't flooded and double the price. Right. For sure. And I mean, I have definitely been to the Caribbean in like July, August, September, and I've still had like great weather. Like sometimes it is so hot, but mm-hmm. if you're like in the pool or the ocean, it's certainly manageable. And it's definitely, I would prefer that to a crowded property. Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. One thing that I um, remembered, and so I wanted to touch on when it comes to traveling um, and wanting luxury at a discount. Um, when Kagan and I went to China, we stayed in like St. Regis, all really good hotels. Um, and it was like $300 a night. And so China, I think it is back and open to travel. Um, do you know if it is or not? Yeah, it's a little bit up in the air. Like people are definitely hesitant to go to China right now because there have been like such unpredictable like lockdowns. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is, but it's definitely still a little bit of uncertainty around it I think like a little hesitancy totally and I think that like if you are someone where you that is on your bucket list you want to see the great wall you want to go to China at some point in your life and you want to have a luxury experience I I saw that the Amon there is like $700 a night um Rosewood is like 400 and then St. Regis is like 300 so you can go have a, a pretty crazy luxury experience in China right now if you're willing to uh to risk being locked down there <laughs> yeah <I know. laughs> Which, it might be worth it yeah I mean who wouldn't want to be locked down at the Amon property right no <laughs> exactly. um, but no it it definitely is an option for people who are not like, who maybe don't like have kids at home mm-hmm. who have like a yeah. little bit more flexibility um there are several countries in Asia really that are like that Japan is absolutely insane busy so that is not one of them but people are still 
like not flocking back to Thailand or Indonesia. Mm. So there mm. are still some deals to be had there. Um, okay. So it's a nice time for people who are willing to to make that journey to maybe consider those destinations. And it's a huge help to their their economy too. Cool. Okay. So that's really good intel, right? Like I hate when you're listening to a show and it's like, yeah, the deals were a year ago. Sorry if you didn't get them, <laughs> but no, it's true. Like there are deals to be had right now, which is, you know, it sounds like in Bali, potentially Thailand places that people are a little bit cautious to be traveling to, but are probably totally fine. And yeah, you can have amazing experiences. Yeah, for sure. Like Sri Lanka is another country that has some really like fabulous experiences you can do safari experiences they have beaches it's great to combine with the Maldives actually oh, okay because um, okay. they're super close together um but it's like a destination that a lot of people don't think about um and they've really struggled post-covid so they're another country that could really use support and they have better deals than a lot of places right now too and you can have really special experiences so cool. Um, can you tell me, cause I've never stayed at an, at an Amon. Can you tell me what, and it seems like it's like the nicest brand of hotels. Is that, is that incorrect? Is my first question. And then B or my second question, what actually sets it apart from, you know, staying at a Belmont or, you know, some other brand name resort? I think the biggest thing that sets it apart, honestly, is the design. Okay. It, it's pretty spectacular. I mean, everyone's seen like photos like Amangiri in Utah. It's just like otherworldly, really. Mm -hmm. Like it mm -hmm. looks like you're on Mars and the buildings are just like incredible mm -hmm. at every Amon property I've been to. Really? The service, the service is great. But I mean, I do think that there are lots of hotels and hotel brands that have great service so I really think the design is what sets it really so like kicks it up and yeah kicks it up a notch um it's a celebrity like breeding ground basically when mm -hmm. when I was staying at Amon Yara I think that we were like literally the only non-celebrities oh my god really? there which was pretty funny I think there was like maybe one other family of like four that was there but so if you if you love to to spy on celebrities while you lounge on the beach, oh my gosh, Almond Yar might be the place for you. That's so funny. Are there any almonds that you can stay and stay at for under thirteen hundred dollars a night? Maybe some in Asia. A better question, rather than being so specific, is like, what where are going to be your most economical almonds? Is it going to are you going to need to go to Asia basically? Well, let me start by saying too, like they're not all of them are created equally. And there mm. are some that this is the scoop. This is what people need to know. Yeah. My mod reps are like cringing if they're listening. <laughs> they're not all created equally. And yeah. that's something I'm super honest with clients about too. Like off the bat, like the property in Jackson Hole. It's okay. It's a nice property, but it's definitely like not going to be like an Amon Yara or an Amon Giri. You know, it's so funny. I had a friend go stay there and she was like, yeah, it's only like a thousand bucks a night. It's not wild. It's not like exorbitant like you would think. But now that makes sense hearing you say that. Yeah. And 
I mean, it is one of the nicest properties in Jackson Hole, but for people who have like stayed at other like Amon properties, it maybe doesn't like live up to the expectations. Mm. And that's something like when we're looking at all of them, I'm just super honest with clients about. But again, like it is priced accordingly most of the time. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Um, And I think that this is another reason why it's just so valuable to talk to a travel advisor because again, when you're going to be throwing down a lot of money, potentially, you don't want to be disappointed. Um, And even if, you know, even if you haven't stayed at one of those properties, but you have something in your mind about how it's supposed to blow your mind and then it doesn't anyway, it's just, it is something where it's so valuable to, to be able to get that level of expertise. Yeah. And the property you actually got married at yeah. was originally built as a Mon property. I don't know if you knew that. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, wow. And then it kind of changed hands before. But so you basically got married in a Mon property. Oh, my gosh. I need to change my geotags. Um, I hope you. <laughs> I, just a plug for Nizuk. It is so special. It is such a special resort. I think especially if you have a family highly, highly recommend. I absolutely loved it. One of the things that I have recently experienced and I didn't know existed was a luxury all-inclusive. So like Guana Island, like Blackberry Farm, there are these resorts you can go to where they are all-inclusive, but it's not the gross kind where it's like, you know, cocktails in a water glass and, you know, you're just with a mass of people and crappy food, it's like actually really good. And the crazy part about that is, you know, if you're factoring in potentially spending around four to $500 a day as a couple on food and beverage, then the price becomes really competitive. And so I'm curious, you know, what other places there are that are like that because that it's, it's super fun. Yeah. I love the concept. Um, there aren't a ton of okay. properties that kind of fit into that bill. I mean, Blackberry and Guana, obviously like two amazing options. Um, there's a property called Twin Farms in Vermont. Um, okay. It's, it has a different feel because it's in Vermont, but kind of same concept as Blackberry Farm. So mm-hmm. all your meals are going to be included. It has like a really high standard for food and beverage. Uh, it prices similar to Blackberry. But again, like when you factor in, like if you're a person who really likes to eat and drink, like you're spending a lot every day, especially at a resort. Mm -hmm. So when you like back those prices out, it definitely seems a lot more reasonable. Um, In the Caribbean, there's also Hermitage Bay in Antigua, which is it has kind of like more of a bohemian feel. It's a smaller property. It is not on a private island like Juana, but it has like a really private feel. There are like beachfront cottages, garden cottages, and then these hillside cottages that have like a private plunge pool. It's just a really nice property. The food's great. Um, It's great for a honeymoon or like a low-key friends getaway. It's Mm -hmm. not a place like if you're looking for nightlife or anything, but we always get great feedback. So that's definitely a good option. And then also in Antigua, but a private island, you have Jumbie Bay. Okay. Which it like feels a little bit more like country club vibes in the Caribbean. It's like um, there's like a clubhouse and you have tennis and 
tons of activities and it has like a preppier feel. There are a lot of villas, um, but they also have like individual rooms. It's a great property for families. It prices high, but is all inclusive, which is nice. And clients always love that. I actually just had honeymooners return from there. So it is an option for couples too. I think there's just something psychologically nice about, obviously, obviously why people like all inclusives, but it's just like you, you don't have anything in you when you're looking at the menu that's like, ugh, you know, do I need another $25 cocktail or do I, am I going to spring for this? Or, you know, there's no part of you that's like, oh, what's the bill going to be at the end? That part is really nice. Um, so especially if you're going somewhere with people with different budgets, it can be nice to go where no one's worrying about how you're going to split up the check if you're going with friends. For sure. And a lot of these resorts, like, especially in the Caribbean, like if you're on an island, it's very expensive to get food there. Mm. And so the prices are high. I mean, you're maybe paying like $45 for a hamburger which yeah. it can be a little distressing. <laughs> yeah. Um, I saw someone post who was in Bora Bora and they were talking about the, the cost of food at the resort they were staying at was so astronomical. Oh, like it yeah. was like a reason I think they wouldn't go back. It's absolutely true. The same in like the Maldives. We do have potential to get clients like complimentary, like half board deals, like where you have like breakfast and dinner included. Um, in the Maldives especially um sometimes like my like for four seasons for Bora we have deals where meals are included um so that's like definitely something to to think about and I always tell clients like jump on those things because it does make a huge difference I'm like I don't think you know how expensive the food is once you get there um Mm. but yeah, yeah it is stressful and I think it it's just there is something nice about knowing like we're about to go back to Guana Island and I'm like, we know exactly what we're spending. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's something that is really nice about that. Right. Can we just have a moment of silence? Actually, a moment of spoken word since this is a podcast for the magic that is Guana Island. I am literally in love with this place. Yeah. My husband was like, we will go here every year till we die. <laughs> oh, my gosh. When I'm stressed, I like imagine being there. Yeah. I absolutely love it. And I was so happy you love it. I mean, it's just, I hesitated because it doesn't have a pool and I am a pool enthusiast, but this is why it was so great to talk to you first. And you're like, it's the one place that we return to given that we have to go or like, you know, woe is me. We have to go. We we need to go and travel to experience different properties, but like it's the one place we return to because it's that special and it really is that special. So anyway, so, so cool. Lauren, as we made our descent into New York, you know, from our beloved Guana Island trip, mm. I got excited thinking about coming home to like my more simple routine food, like my mm. Clean Simple Eats protein powder. Yeah, I feel like it's such a good staple because the protein powder, if you blend it with ice and water, you got vanilla frosty, essentially, if you like the Simply Vanilla. If you get chocolate brownie powder, you've got a chocolate frosty. You could do the mint chocolate chip, you got a thin mint frosty, or you just dissolve it in milk or water, and that also 
strangely tastes really good like chocolate milk it's a super fast easy quick snack also i just love that the ingredients are clean they're grass-fed it's 20 grams of protein for 110 calories it's just the best protein powder out there everyone go to cleansimpleeats.com and use the promo code pop apologist for 10 percent off that's pop apologist for 10 percent off cleansimpleeats.com pop apologist for 10 percent off Hey, hey, it's Donna from Daily Dose of Donna. Every weekday afternoon on the Daily Dose of Donna podcast, I cover all of the reality TV and celeb gossip and breaking news. I'm a former TV casting director. My husband works in reality TV, and I live for the housewives, the sister wives, the southern charmers, and the summer housers. And let's be honest, all of the drama. I'll give you a day's worth of celebrity and reality news weekday afternoons in just under an hour. New episodes of Daily Dose of Donna post weekday afternoons and are now available in video on Spotify. Subscribe to Daily Dose of Donna. That's D-A-N-A on your podcast app. Um, okay. I have a question in terms of hotel pricing. Is there ever a time that it's like best to book? Like, is it better to book in advance? like for places that are really competitive, like Italy, or is it better to wait for certain places till the last minute because they might have empty rooms that they're going to book at a discount? So this has definitely changed post-COVID. The whole industry has changed a ton post-COVID. So it's kind of like been a relearning experience. But I mean, now for Italy, like if you're wanting to go to Italy this summer, most things are sold out or near sold out which is absolutely insane that it is March and I'm saying that Mm -hmm. um I used to book things until like weeks before Mm -hmm. for Italy in the summer and I mean obviously like you would have like less options but now every affordable room is booked basically like Mm -hmm. I was looking for September for a client the other day and I came across maybe 15 properties that had availability in Rome. Wow. wow, That's wild. So, I mean, Italy is, it is truly, if you, I think people think I'm exaggerating. I'm like, it is absolutely wild. Like the prices on the Amalfi Coast are three, four, five, six, seven thousand dollars $7,000 a night for entry-level oh rooms. Gosh. I mean, like, should I just, I've never been, and should I just, you know, consider it a wash and just never go? Like, <laughs> that's crazy. Those prices are crazy. I thought last year's prices were pretty nuts. And then this year's prices, and then they're selling out. So, I mean, people pay for it. That's what's right. crazy too. If you're wanting to do a multi coast, the best thing to do is to reach out early. Then mm-hmm. they usually, release dates to us in like October, November, but it's best to kind of have a plan of what hotels you're wanting to stay at before then. And so then you can book them immediately. And it's not Mm -hmm. something like you should think about for a few days. It's like have your credit card ready for us to do it. Because especially like if you're on a budget, the mortal rooms go first mm, and I yeah. like to stay okay. at like a nicer property in maybe like a less expensive room and For if sure. that is also something you like to do like it you have to jump on it really quickly okay so basically it sounds like if you want to do Italy this summer or if you want to do Italy we're talking summer of 2024 and you know having a game plan in place 
by the fall and like, yeah. you know, a travel, a travel advisor you're working with to book it in October for a year from this summer. Yeah. Which again, seems absolutely wild. Um, Paris and London also are pricing higher, but availability is still okay. The mm-hmm. South of France availability is pretty tight, but a lot better compared to Italy and Amalfi Coast specifically. If you're wanting to travel over like the school holidays, booking in advance is always the way to go. Like the mm. further out, the better. Flights are typically released like 10 months out um, and hotel rates for most places outside of Europe are usually like 10 to 12 months out too. But if you're wanting to go like over the Christmas holiday, like reach out now, spring break next year, like reach out now. If you're open and flexible to like, I I don't really care where I travel. I just want to go to a beach destination or we have flexible dates. Like we have a lot more to work with and there are some like last minute deals, but we just aren't seeing deals like we used to. And I mean, I'm trying to plan my own trips too. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm also looking for deals. Yeah. And not finding them. Um, but now earlier is definitely better these days for sure. Okay. Okay. Because things are literally selling out. Okay. But this is for like major destinations that people re- like are that are super iconic um, and that are that people there's pent up demand after COVID like the Amalfi Coast, like Japan. Um, is it, It's not like everywhere that's just like selling out so far in advance, right? No, but there is like basically increased demand across okay. the board. Like Asia is maybe an exception right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but even the Caribbean, like availability in Mexico, like Canada, Canada is a little more open. Hawaii is still really hot. Um, people are just really traveling still. I thought it would like kind of taper off, but it is not like demand Mm. is absolutely wild. I pulled my numbers yesterday and we've already sold like a hundred percent more than what we sold this point last year, which I thought like last year was crazy. Um, and I felt like we were even busier this year, but like to see like the data on it, I was like, oh, wow. Okay it really is crazy right now. So I think booking ahead is kind of the best case scenario. And then we can always like adjust rates if we need to. Like if there's like a huge deal that comes up like closer to time, like we can adjust a rate for you. Mm, Um, But most hotels are incentivizing people to to book further in advance these days versus like the last minute interesting this is so useful because i'm you know trying to go back to cap Luca for my birthday and i'm like i'm just gonna wait till a couple weeks before but now it's sounding like i should just reserve it so okay that's really helpful um i would love to know in the same way that you described almond properties what is like belmond specific for or famous for what's like auberge um really good at um, because I think like I specifically don't know. I just know that they are a brand of hotels. So would love to know a little bit more about about those two um, big hotel chains. 
Yeah. So Belmond, um, I really love Belmond properties. They have a, a real sense of place and mm-hmm. an authenticity, I think, that a lot of times is lost in mm. some of these like larger chains. Um, mm-hmm. Every property I've been to just feels super authentic and like true to the location. Mm. And the decor is, is like made by local artisans usually. They have like really unique experiences that are local to the area too. But I think that they have a lot of heart. Um, when mm. we were in, I went to Peru like a year and a half ago with Belmond and we did one of their train experiences, which was so much fun. And really? Absolutely amazing. Oh my God, it was a blast. So cool. They set up these like really amazing experiences. Like our last night there, they had this like incredible dinner set up for us in this chapel and they had like an opera singer. It was like so special and impressive and just like they just have a lot of thought and heart behind the brand, I think is really the best way to say it. Um, It's not a fit for everyone because some people do like a little more like flash or shine and so Belmont is definitely like for people who kind of crave like a more authentic experience, I think, mm, but still okay. like want consistency. Yeah. And what about an Auberge property? So they are going through like a crazy amount of growth right now. And okay. so I think that they are still kind of in like a building phase of their brand. Okay. They do have a pretty good sense of place, but it definitely has like a little bit more of a, I don't want to say like corporate feel because it's not like mm. a Marriott property, but it just has like a little more like polish or like contemporary design, maybe. Okay. Yeah. Um, they have like some really amazing properties. Um, the service is great. It's definitely like a brand I am like always confident in selling. Okay. But it's, it's a little more buttoned up feeling than like a Belmond, but a little more authentic feeling than maybe like a Ritz Carlton or Four Seasons. It's kind of like an in-between. If okay, that makes interesting. Sense. Yeah. Yeah, that does. But make definitely sense. still operating like at a high level of luxury for sure. Okay. What about um, are there really great like luxury experiences you can have somewhere like Vietnam right now? Um, I I think Ariel Laurie told us on our podcast that she went to Vietnam, like into this like crazy luxury bike experience. I'm curious about things like that, that maybe, you know, are a little bit um, lesser known, but are really cool and probably things that, you know, you can have a really heightened experience at less of an expense than like a Lake Como experience. Yeah, there are like amazing experiences available. They do price higher than you would maybe expect. Um, Mm -hmm. Some of the best ones are these like really small, like luxury river cruises. It's like 10 rooms usually. um, And it's almost like a floating Amon property is what some of these boats look like. And you're getting access to places like you wouldn't really be able to reach by land. Okay. Or you wouldn't really make it to. I have a feeling there are a lot of like biking excursions that you do during the day. Or was she on like a like a backroads trip, like where you're literally like biking from stop to stop? That's what it sounded like to me, but I don't know the specifics. 
Yeah, it might have been with a company called Backroads, which we do work with. They have like walking trips, biking trips. Like it's really like geared around like being active. Mm-hmm. Um, they have them all over the world. They're some very cool experiences. Um, but like the small river cruises are, if you don't want to be like quite that active, mm. um, it's amazing. Like you're getting to see like these small like local villages. You're doing like fun activities and adventures every day but you like come to a really nice like luxe boat every night Mm. where like these places are not going to have like a luxury hotel they're in the middle of nowhere and so it allows you to see places but still like have a luxury experience right Um, that's kind of with a lot of those like smaller southeast asian countries it is like um a challenge and like okay, what's going to be like your home base if you're wanting like a luxury hotel and like where can we like send you during the day to see? Like there are lots of different options, but you definitely like have to alter your expectations versus like I want to see these like yeah places that are a bit off the grid and I'm okay with like not staying at a top luxury property or like I want to stay in a top luxury property and okay with like not having maybe the most authentic experiences or Mm. like a like a luxury river cruise option got it I don't know if that like makes any sense at all but that does I mean for one of these river cruises that are luxury how much damage is that going to do Alex maybe like 1500 a night starting for the the room all inclusive okay all inclusive for a couple yeah which, okay. like, I think people are just shocked when it's Southeast Asia, which seems, like, so inexpensive yeah. that you're, like, oh, You, okay. like, see on whatever Instagram reels, or it's, like, the hotel I stayed at for, you know, $30 a night in right. Ho Chi Minh, you know? Like, <laughs> that's not this episode. <laughs> right. No, I know. But, like, I think you just have, like, the expectations that, you know, are yeah, set totally. by, like, everyone right. posting their travel hacks right no there are a lot of those and like if that if you are like a wanderlust traveler who is like cool and staying in like nice hostels like absolutely do that and like go for it it is Mm -hmm. just not what I know about Mm, yeah and so but I'm like if that is your thing you go for it there are tons of like TikTok and Instagram people who can show you the way for sure Oh, you know where I think that you can have luxury experiences at a discount still is Greece. I think yeah, there for sure. Are, yeah. Like a lot of good hotels that are going to feel so, and then are so luxurious that are like 500 a night. No, someone I asked totally if agree. Greece was safe. Do you know anything like, is it, someone asked, is Greece safe? Yes. I mean, I always help you. I'm like, if you don't feel comfortable going somewhere, then you probably shouldn't because if you're going to have anxiety the whole time, it's probably not worth it. Right. Um, there are always like travel warnings that the U.S. is putting out across the globe. And there's like a lot of political stuff that goes into it. I always tell people, go and read the travel warnings that other countries have about the U.S. <laughs> <laughs> because right. it sounds scary as hell. Like you would never want to step foot here and that kind of helps it puts it into perspective a little bit Mm, um yeah 
I mean, I always say like, be smart, like behave like you would in any city here. Like don't be out till 4 a.m. like doing drugs at a right. club. Yeah. And you like, you're probably going to be okay. Um, but yeah, just like have street smarts really like anywhere you go. And if you don't feel comfortable, just don't go to that spot. But I mean, yeah. every place on the planet is going to have some issues. Right. That's just right. kind of the reality. What are your, where are your favorite places in Greece or where would you recommend to go in Greece? Well, there are a lot of smaller islands. Have you guys been watching um, Daisy Jones and the Six? Yes. Oh my gosh. I'm obsessed with it. Have you seen the Grace episode? Yes. Yes. I'm like obsessed with Hydra right now. I need to go there. There are a lot of like affordable options there and it's only like an hour to get to from Athens. Okay. So basically like Mykonos and Santorini, if you skip those, mm -hmm. we can find you good deals. Okay. Those okay, islands it. are much harder to find deals at. But yeah. Basically every other island we can find you some good deals. Okay. That's mm. great to know. The one plug I will give is I stayed at a hotel in Santorini called, I don't know if you've heard of this one. It's Hotel San Antonio. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. I mean, it, it felt like pretty special. It felt really, really gorgeous and amazing. And it was like 400 bucks a night. So there are definitely, I think, like some real steals to be had over there. If you, yeah, you that's know. That's a SLH property. Okay. I, I book that property for people. It's definitely like if you like like a laid back, it's almost like a Belmont property feel to me. Yeah. It feels like super authentic, mm -hmm. um, beautiful. But yeah, it's definitely priced much better. It sells out now further in advance than some of them because it is a much better deal. Yeah. But it's a really good property. Yeah. Highly recommend. Um, okay. Let me see here if there's, okay. I think the one last question, um, before we let you go was like, where can we go have like a luxury experience with like a couple kids on a budget? So this is obviously a tall order. Um, but would love to know, you know, places that people can go to, um, if they, if that's what they're looking for or specific hotels. So there is a Hyatt property right outside of San Diego. Okay. I think it's called Park Hyatt Aviara. I'm like trying to look it up right now. I can't believe I can't think of it off the top of my head. Um, it has like a ton of pools. It has like slides. It was recently renovated. So all the rooms are really nice. It always prices really well. Um and it still feels like a luxe experience for parents, but there's mm. so much for kids to do. And it's like close to Legoland. You're close to the ocean. It's not on the ocean. Um, so that's like somewhere that prices really well. There are some similar properties um, in South Florida okay. that we can point people to, um, like the JW Marriott Turnberry has a okay. great like pool situation, super fun, but still like nice for parents um, and still like offering a pretty affordable price. It really also depends on like what kind of le level of luxury you're looking mm -hmm. for. Um, like Guana Island is can be a great place for families. And mm -hmm. since it's all inclusive is 
nice. But again, like if you want like a huge pool with slides and multiple restaurant outlets and stuff like Buana Island is your nightmare. Totally. So it really just comes down to like exactly what you're looking for. But that property in San Diego and there are several properties that, of course, I cannot think of off the top of my head right now. I book them all the time, too, for families in South Florida that are great. And you can fly into Fort Lauderdale, which a lot of um, airlines have like like Spirit Airlines or Legion, mm. a lot of airlines like that fly into Fort Lauderdale. So you can typically find affordable flights, too, which is nice. Yeah. Um, but there are definitely like hidden gems we can find you. It really is about like what your priorities are. If you can travel on off peak times is also mm -hmm. a huge thing because even affordable properties like over spring break mm, yeah, are a lot higher in price. Well, and I think that I, it's just so funny because like Chandler and I went to Hawaii a couple years back with some family and we stayed at um, this like Marriott that was just so mediocre in every way. And it was this big kid, kid resort. And, you know, you're paying $600 a night and plus food and beverage. And that's the same as you'd pay in Guana Island, which has a totally different feel is so much more. Right. And is like the value is just so much better. But because you're in Hawaii during kind of this peak season, you're like paying up the nose for this really lesser experience. And I just think that this is why people need to book with travel advisors because you're just not going to be able to type into Google, you know, Hey, I have two kids. I, this is the week we can go. These are our priorities. You know, like that's really hard to get, you know, to, to find out what the best option is going to be for you. Yeah, for sure. And Hawaii specifically is a destination. I always tell people, I'm like, you are going to pay high prices for hotels that are mediocre. A hundred. There are That's some exceptions. Yeah. yeah. But I'm like, the scenery and the location is what you're paying for. Like, you are not paying for a hotel that is going to absolutely wow you. Like I said, again, there are exceptions for that. Mm -hmm. But that's definitely a place where the price does not necessarily correlate to, like, an outstanding experience. Right. Yeah. At the hotel specifically. Right. Right. Alex, thank you so much. I think this has been so valuable for our listeners. Um, so I'm so excited for them to hear the episode. I'm sure you're going to have a lot of people that want to work with you when they're booking on their next trip. So where can our listeners find you? You can find me on Instagram at Alexandra H. Stockton. And then my website is alexandrastockton.com. There's a contact page where you can just enter your details and it will send us an email. My email is also all over the website. Um, there's also a booking portal if you are wanting to do bookings on your own for a lot of luxury properties. There is a way to do that and get perks. If like you're surfing the internet late at night and like wanting to, to get something done, you can also do that there. Um, but yeah, my website's probably the best way to get in contact. Um, Perfect. Yeah, I've I've loved getting to chat. Yeah, it's been so fun. We'll put all the links in the show notes. This is so much fun.
so much fun. You're such a wealth of knowledge. I um, will be in touch because I definitely uh, need to tap into all of your amazing expertise. Yeah, well, thanks for chatting, letting me chat with you guys. Of course. Of course. That's all for now, folks. Don't forget, give us a five-star review. Hit us up on Instagram at Apologists, and we will see you next week, live every Wednesday. Hey, hey, it's Donna from Daily Dose of Donna. Every weekday afternoon on the Daily Dose of Donna podcast, I cover all of the reality TV and celeb gossip and breaking news. I'm a former TV casting director. My husband works in reality TV, and I live for the housewives, the sister wives, the southern charmers, and the summer housers. And let's be honest, all of the drama. I'll give you a day's worth of celebrity and reality news weekday afternoons in just under an hour. New episodes of Daily Dose of Donna post weekday afternoons and are now available in video on Spotify. Subscribe to Daily Dose of Donna. That's D-A-N-A on your podcast app.